This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Brennan likes this Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. We Marking Out. By pro wrestling fans. Happy holidays, folks, and welcome to another weekly edition of Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans because wrestling is cool. And we said that last week, and we're going to say it again this week. Thank you very much for listening. You can subscribe on iTunes. Just find our wonderful logo made by our broski at bwing411 follow him on twitter for all of your graphic design needs or you can go to markingout.com where you can find the weekly episode and a bunch of other random wrestling mumbo jumbo that we like to talk about and you can learn a little bit about us us but you can also follow us on facebook facebook.com slash um whatever follow us on facebook facebook.com slash marking out we continue the pro wrestling talk there also twitter.com slash marking out follow us there because we do live tweetings during raw we do live tweetings during wrestling pay-per-views we do live tweeting when we're watching maury because we're watching maury right now um my name is chris as i said thank you very much for listening no i didn't say that oh man the holidays all this eggnog <laughs> that i've been drinking whew, really getting my brain in, in a spin my name's chris i'm here with dave Dave, how's your holidays going so far? So far, it's going amazing, but you failed to say, I am Dave, the rave that the ladies crave. That's right, Dave. And they all do. They sure do. So Dave is here with me, and uh, we are also here with our mascot, the blue dragon himself, cousin Brandon. Brandon, Brandon, how you doing today, sir? You know, before I tell you guys how I'm doing, I just have to say... Mistletoe does not work. It's heavily falsely advertised. And aside from the burn of the pepper spray, I'm doing awesome. <laughs> That's right. What, did you try to find Kelly Kelly at the house show and say you're under mistletoe? I don't want to impose on the big O. Yeah, that's, you, you, you don't. But uh, we got a heavily stacked show with no, – we. The stuff that we lack, we, we have a very little amount of content, but what we lack in a little amount of content, we make up in a lot of talking about it. And let's get started off. Bam! Sunday, Baltimore, Maryland, TLC. TLC. The final pay-per-view of the WWE year. And what a last pay-per-view it was. Yeah, right Christ. I shouldn't be saying the Lord's name during this holiday season, but Jesus. I have to. Um, you start the event off with the U.S. title match, Dolph Ziggler versus Zack Ryder, and maybe the most epic back-and-forth match of the year. If we didn't make the nominees for the Marquis last week, this match and this pay-per-view would have to go on our, our list of uh, contestants. And the crowd loved this match, too. The crowd was so behind it. Very hot. Um, I love that Zack Ryder's adding that nice flipping plancha to the outside for his into his repertoire. It's it's really funny that the week after he first did that, I went to go change his moveset in WWE 12. <laughs> it was already there. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so what kind of shit is that? Everybody wins. And to Brandon's dismay, because Brandon was wrong because he thought Dolph Ziggler was going to win the title. I was, I was so disappointed in the fact that... You were wrong? Wrong, yeah, wrong, 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 wrong. Like, the whole wrong, pay-per-view, wrong, it didn't wrong, make sense wrong. to me, but... But I am. I'm very happy for. We have for, a new uh, United States champion. More importantly, the new United States Broski, and that being Long Island Ice Z Zack Ryder taking home the gold on Sunday. 
Woo, woo, woo. Yeah. You, you know it. I had a dream last some might Some might say he's the woo, woo, woo United States champion. That's oh, great. I like that. Possibly. I That's like that, but well-deserving. It was great. Him take, And a clean win. That was the best yep. part. No, no cheating. No cheating. Vicky Guerrero got booted out. Then she Dolph Ziggler. The she gets the Dolph Ziggler gets the high knees. It gets the Rough Rider. And I just, I think the thing that was just the best was Michael Cole just sitting there in silence, just like. And there were so many false uh, finishes. Yeah. Where there was pinfall, pinfall, pinfall. You're like, oh man, it could end here, 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 and it didn't. Ended with the Rough Rider. Ended with the Rough Rider, the one, the two, and three, and he goes out and just hugs his dad and the big O right behind him, jumping up and down, marking yeah. out for him, marking out by himself. Well, with everybody, all the broskies that were uh, were in attendance. I love how they did like the pan shot of the crowd, and everybody is just going ballistic. Yeah, they were comparing that to uh, when CM Punk first won the title. How insane Chicago was. Oh yeah, they were saying that it had the same level with uh, audience wise. Well, we so have a, we might have a little surprise for you later in the show, but uh, let's continue on with T. LC, um, you're supposed to have Booker T and Cody Rhodes right after that. Alicia Fox should not be given a microphone. It should not be giving any sort of speaking lines. Hey, Booker T, are you excited? Are you ready to go? And then Booker T gets attacked. She's like, ah, She's terrible, like, horrible, ah, no, horrible. Like, so you're supposed I don't to mind have... looking at her though. No, ladies and gentlemen, that was Dave and Chris doing Alicia Box. Okay, so Brandon, why... I would. I do that not do <laughs> Yeah, Yay. high five. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, hey, neither did she. Yeah. <laughs> and that explains and the illegitimate then. children. Yes. Um. So you're supposed to have this Cody Rhodes Booker T match, and Cody Rhodes beats up Booker T in the back. So then, what are you supposed to do now? There's only six matches. A match was the, the match skipped? We don't we, know. We don't know because we're not working backstage, even though Brandon thinks that he is. Um. So then you go to a, a bonus match on the pay per view, which was Epico and Primo versus Kofi and. Uh, Evan Bourne, Air Boom, and a solid tag team match. We got a nice. What, that was a great match too. Back and forth, very uh, high flying match. You know, after the stumbles that the tag team division has had in the past couple months, it's, with I think it's finally starting to turn that page. Epico and Primo, I there is such a great tag. Team. Well, Primo is just is just talent in general. And then R- Rosa Mendez, I she has hips that. Kill. Actually, she really doesn't, though. Oh, yeah, she does. No, she doesn't. Oh, yeah, she does. She doesn't really have hips. Oh, oh yeah. No, she doesn't. Oh, yeah. You know, we could still no, turn you off, Brandon, right? <laughs> um... But yeah, no. I, but the, the best part is like when they when they win and she's dancing and then their Epico people are just sitting there with like the duh face on. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You're, you're doing she, that right she's now? She's like a little energizer bunny. She keeps on going and going and going. Giggity, 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 giggity go. Uh, so you have that, and also too, we get another bonus match as well on the pay per view with Sheamus and Jack Swagger. You know, a battle of, of two, a battle of two big men. Yep. Yeah, you know, which is leading to Sheamus winning. You kind, I of knew, see, you kind of knew the ending. But my my question now to you is, when is Sheamus going to get another world title push? It has to be soon. It has to be soon because he's you know he's over with the crowd. Yeah. He's the big face on SmackDown. I mean, honestly, forget that. Why does if he you push him to the IC title? With Cody Rhodes. With Cody Rhodes? I mean, it, it would give the IC title a lot more, like how we've been saying that it has to keep on building prestige, giving it level by having a lot of these top wrestlers contending for it. I think if Sheamus goes uh, and wrestles Cody Rhodes for it, I think that would start to and build you put, more And interest. you put Cody Rhodes over Sheamus? Maybe. Cody we'll have, have a few, uh, have a small feud going back and forth. Okay. I, can, I, I don't want that small feud because it's going to lead to... 
Goldust versus Cody Rhodes, WrestleMania 28. Yeah, that's what yeah. they're pushing. Well, that's what Goldust is pushing for. Well, that would also be that would be a great match to have such a storyline behind it. Yeah. Think of think of how great Goldust's entrance would look at the my, at the Sun Life Stadium. Sun Life Stadium sucks. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, but it's outdoors and it's nice. I feel like this uh, feud with uh, Cody and Goldust would have would take up more than two months. I feel like that that's the kind of feud that could continue for let's a while. Let's say let's say you bring back Goldust at the Royal Rumble and have him eliminate Cody Rhodes, you could do a feud from the Royal Rumble to WrestleMania. Just put, kind of put Cody Rhodes over. You know, seeing as Goldust was a former Intercontinental Champion. One of the greatest. Yeah, one of, the one, greatest. One of my favorites. Yeah, absolutely. yeah I, had, I had the Goldust action figure, I'm not going to lie. Uh, all right, so let's continue with TLC. Um, the tables match right. between Randy Orton and Wade Barrett with uh, We're All Wrong. Cody, uh, I mean, Randy Orton, Randy sorry, Orton. I'm thinking legacy. Uh, Randy Orton goes over Wade Barrett. Which is unfortunate because Barrett really should have won that. I know, to just push I mean, him and get him over as a heel and also get him exactly. over in the... And then it's, the really, it's really as if WWE listened to our podcast last week and just did that to fuck me over. Yeah, right? Yeah. Completely fuck me over. And then the, the end was not good. I'm, to be honest, I'm sick and tired of seeing Randy Orton do the RKO through tables and to chairs with steps. Well, the, like, the, 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 the steps at SummerSlam is cool. Yeah. The RKO is not even a move that can be done through a table. Yeah, the it's just convenient. That it, that's not doesn't look good. But it wasn't even through the table, really. I mean, it was uh, it's like Wade, Wade Bear jumped. Legs. Wade Bear jumped through the table. Yeah. That's not like that's falling. I fell through the table. You can't say that I won. Yeah. That you won. You beat me because you put me through a table. I fell through it. Yeah, there's no yeah. I did impact. All the work. With, there's no impact with that move. I mean, hmm. the move. Uh, the only impact that you would have is your shoulder, like the your shoulder uh, up and bicep area across the uh, throat. But that's yeah. really. It's like it there's only like five moves that could actually be counted or should be counted Powerbomb through a table okay yeah. five moves alright what are the suplex uh, uh, fireman carry of some sort okay what about now five through table I'm the shit like that well, I feel like that no would sense. go with the fireman carry I know getting but, them up there with that but it's a different move uh, what about the pedigree through the table if you've seen that done before that's if he's on the table that could yeah. also work well I mean that's well, the well, CM Punk CM Punk did uh, during that that raw promo CM Punk did a bulldog through the table which was yeah, but awesome. that was he did the bulldog through the table. Yeah, uh, so that, that Randy Orton just to be honest with that snap. bulldog through the table, I put that in the same category as the RKO through the table. I don't think so. because he he has to jump over the table. That's true. I don't through. know. I want to see more impactful moves through that table. But yeah, um, it was. I, I thought it wasn't that great of a match. No. I thought it could have been better. Yeah. I'm kind of, as we said, sick and tired of Orton. Um, One match that was surprisingly good to mm-hmm. me was Triple H and Kevin Nash, I because the moves that they did were, as you were saying, you want to see things that are more impactful. Were impactful. That's very true. You know, especially the the pseudo ending where they're both on top of the, yeah. the ladder. Triple H smashes Kevin Nash in the head with the sledgehammer and he falls off through the table. That, and the thing shattered. I don't know. Like, I, I go back and forth. It was a great match and everything. Kind of like one of those storybook end throwing up the clip yeah. sign, the wolf pack sign. Yeah. And then Triple H just nailing him with the hammer, uh, with the sledgehammer. I thought it was... I don't know. I go back and forth. It was a good match, but it wasn't a good match. Like, I mean, the end of the match where uh, Triple H was going for the pedigree and Kevin mm-hmm. Nash just collapsed. Oh, yeah. It's but you like, know what? It's good, though, because the commentators played that off. He's like, he can't even stand up. Yeah. I was like, all right, good, good. Way to, way to cover your guys' asses. Yeah. Way to go. But you know what? So, I like... Like, regardless, though, that match shouldn't have ever happened. 
There's no there's no point to it. It led nowhere. That's true. I mean, where does it go from now? Well, now, you know, they, they're okay. saying, you know, to, to jump ahead a little bit, they said on Monday Night Raw, Kevin Nash is going to be out for six weeks. Uh, conveniently, well, I, mean, I believe, is the, to the, well, it's past the Royal Rumble. So when he comes back, what do we see? I mean, is he going to go you straight spent, to the You literally you spent weeks and weeks on garbage. I know, but you know what? It's, it's, a, it's a feud that, I guess, you know, they were kind of pushing for. Honestly, the only thing... This is a cool idea. Well, as if when he comes back, he starts to reform kind of a Wolfpack kind of thing or NWO kind of stable just to uh, defeat Triple H or get the better of Triple H or something like that. Like, as long as it like doesn't rebellion. lead to Triple H versus Undertaker at WrestleMania again. No, I know, like a rebellious heel stable, but like what Brandon just said, Triple H versus Undertaker they're still talking about it. I think we mentioned about it last week yeah, we I did. wouldn't want to see that alright uh, but match. you know what uh, no I, yeah, um, maybe this whole second coming thing these all cryptic videos will be the start of a new stable with heel could stables be. it could be Chris it could be Chris could Jericho could be Shane and Stephanie McMahon yeah it could be Shane and Stephanie McMahon coming back well, you know what you don't know, but no, that, that, that there, there's the new promo that was on Monday Night Raw that we'll talk about in a yeah. minute, and let's continue on with uh, maybe the, the well, literally the biggest match of the night: Kelly versus Phoenix. Oh yeah, <laughs> Beth Phoenix. Yeah, Beth pin Phoenix. up strong. There you go. Such, it was such an emotional match. Yeah, right. yeah it was. It was. But the the biggest match, weight wise, Mark Henry versus the chairs match, which I thought was a great. I thought this was a great match. Right, out of, out uh, of their whole series, I thought this was the best match. Honestly, like on Survivor Series, I've, as I said, I hated that match. Hated it. Being there live, it was awful. It was so slow and everything. And yes, they're two large men, so I mean, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt. But still, it was just not entertaining. But this match, they really brought it. Yeah. The like, I mean, you hear a chair match, and you're like, a chair match? There's chairs outside the ring. What's so special about that? But they made it. They made it special. They did. The, the, the fact that they just threw chairs into the ring that were just piling up on each other and they're fighting in this ring with all these chairs. Yeah. I'm like, that was the best part to me. I mean, yes, I would have liked to see a couple headshots because they're like, I'm right in front of you. Oh, I got to go around, around back and hit yeah. you in the back <laughs> of the chair. I mean, I, I, I understand that you have a bad back, but I apologize. Yeah, no, I want I want to see some headshots in there because I think yeah. that would have added to a little bit more of the... Maybe imp- some blood would have helped. Maybe some blood, but I mean, you know what? It's a chair I'd- match, I mean... You know, Boss Mahoney would have brought that. Yeah, and he also would have brought all of his, uh, you know, airbrushed teeth. Uh, yeah, all of his teeth and his air <laughs> and his airbrushed uh, steel chairs. But Big Show ended up getting the W. Getting the big W, but new that champ. was new champ after nine. Which years is of- shocking, like in itself. That was disappointing to me. Yeah, who who really expected Big Show to win that match? Yeah, no one did. But no. then who didn't who didn't expect the other occurrences afterwards? After Big Show gets knocked out by Mark Henry, what do you hear? Daniel Bryan comes down, cashes in his Money in the Bank briefcase, and becomes the new WWE World Heavyweight Champion, shocking the crowd and the internet wrestling community. Marks rejoice. Standing on the barricade, it was awesome, and everybody was going, was going, was going apeshit. I mean, you follow that win up with. You follow, you're following the Zack Ryder title win with this. The crowd was crazy. Yeah, they were going completely and utterly ballistic. Berserk. I didn't, you know, I, was, I wasn't watching it with everybody, but I get home. I mean, I get a text message, no joke, two seconds after it happened from my buddy Andrew just goes, Daniel Bryan cashed in. Yeah, we were, That's just, it. We were just like, all right, who's texting Chris first? <laughs> and I was, I was, I put a smile on my face. I put my, uh, 
I put my uh, Daniel Bryan, my, my Brian Danielson T-shirt on, yes. which was awesome. It's it's really good to see these independent wrestler uh, indie stars from Ring of Honor and stuff making names for themselves in this. In like, I mean, it's unheard of from in the past. You see Ring of Honor and everything. You don't really see that much of. Uh, them in the WWE, but now they're really taking over. Well, that's something we'll get into a little bit later in the show. Definitely. But let's get on to, um, you know, we finally got the Cody Rhodes-Booker team match. Yep, we finally got it. Yeah, which I mean... It is what it is. It kind of extends the feud out, and maybe this will go to Royal Rumble. Maybe this will be a part of the Royal Rumble. Could be. You know, apparently Booker T tweeted out that this is his swan song that night in in wrestling in the ring. We don't but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, but after after results of that midnight, I think this feud's going to have a little some legs on it, which is good cuz Booker T still can work. Yeah. And could work awesomely and also working with a younger guy and putting over a younger guy. Booker T knows his role now as a professional wrestler. And getting he, over He's an enhancement. Yeah, well he's an enhancement. Well, I mean he should be. Like he, I think he under, he understands that. Yeah, he's, he does. He's well, that's why I said talent. he knows yeah. he knows his role. Exactly. And he's gonna he's he's looking to get over some. Yeah. And he shuts his go. mouth. He's, and he's looking to get over somebody like Cody Rhodes, which yep. is great. And I respect Booker T for it. Yeah. Definitely. Chucky Ducky Quack Quack, as he you know as he likes to say. Get over it, Mark. Yeah, yes. absolutely. <laughs> um, the then we had the triple threat match for the WWE that title. Yes. Between CM Punk. Alberto Del Rio and The Miz, which was another, which is another great match. That was you know, as I as I match. as I said from last week too, you remember the last TLC match that Stephen Punk was in with Jeff Hardy, which was just balls to the wall craziness. Sick, yeah. But also too, that was also with Jeff Hardy swan song in the WWE. Yeah. Um, but this match brought everything to the table and left. It was just great. I the handcuff spots. Oh, were, amazing! The part where uh, CM Punk got handcuffed to the turnbuckle. And he couldn't reach the Miz. The Miz is taunting him and everything, taunting, taunting. And then he just nails him with the kick to the face. Yeah. That was awesome. It was great. And also, too, Ricardo Rodriguez going off the top of the ladder. Go across to him with that bump. Yeah, right? I wonder how he's feeling. Yeah, right? Oh, man. Apparently, he's in a neck brace. Yeah. Really? <laughs> he tweeted that out. Do I believe it? No. Then, yeah. like, uh, what is it? CM Punk hand- handcuffed. He was handcuffed to everything. Yeah, he was handcuffed to everything and the just kept getting out of it. We should be calling him the modern day Houdini for all that shit he's been all doing. Right. But, the you know, at the end, unhooking the second rope because he's handcuffed. And getting up to the ladder, beating the Miz, and become and keeping the WWE title. And there was a few por- parts where they all three were battling up there, and each person that the thing I liked was each person wasn't really focusing on the person across from them, but more on the briefcase. Yeah. Here and there, they would throw a punch, then they would actually grab the case. Yeah, and, and then like, you'd be like, oh my god, a, yeah, make an attempt to pull it down. Like, like you, you I, don't know. I had a vested interest in that match. I was just like, oh my god, he's gonna win. Oh my god, he's gonna win. Oh my god, you know, I'd like the realization of it was kind of suspended for me because it's like oh yeah these guys you know this, this person's gonna win yeah. I was like really invested in this match it's like oh yeah. my god oh my god I mean there was many points where I was just like Del Rio could win then I was just like The Miz could win yeah and there it, were many points like you did not know who like ultimately you wanted CM Punk to win and you just didn't know I mean I started by the end of the match I was just like I kind of hope The Miz wins yeah like I was going back and forth but it was it was an amazing match yeah it was good and props to them and props to WWE for putting on a great caliber paper oh CM Punk won yeah (laughs) obviously CM Punk won obviously CM Punk won but you know props to WWE for putting on a, a 
a caliber pay-per-view of that. You know, when when uh, reports were indicating that this was going to be like the lowest selling pay-per-view of the year, and I feel like this is maybe one of the better pay-per-views of the year. That's like a that's like a yeah. huge WWE like fuck you like I actually, this is what we did. I thought this pay-per-view was a lot better than Survivor Series. Yeah, a so did I. Better. Absolutely, not just because of the out, the outcome of the matches. No, but it's just because. The, Yes, the the crowd, the caliber of the matches, the caliber of the matches were great, and it's something you know I'm going to buy on DVD just because you know Zack Ryder's first win. And joining us at this time is none other than the Big O. Uh oh, it's the Big O. He's here. He's here. So Big O, you were in attendance Sunday at TLC. Won the United States title. How did that make you feel as a fan of Zack Ryder, but also too as a friend, knowing all the hard work and dedication he's put into rebuilding his character and making it what it is today, which is just selling merchandise and foam fists and all that stuff? Well, let me start off by saying that uh, the new Broski, the number one Broski, the head head Broski, contacted me and said, Hey, Big O, I'm thinking about going to TLC. And I was like, no way, Mr. Ryder, I want to go. We should go together. Let's support Zach. Mr. Ryder said, you know what, Big O? Let's go down there. Whether Zach wins or Zach puts on a hell of a shit, we're going to be there. We're going to be in the front row for him, and we're going to support him. And let me tell you something else. When, when, we, when we saw Zach come out, and he just had that look on his eye, and he looked over at me and... And Mr. Ryder, we knew win, lose, tie, draw, disqualification, whatever it was, he was going to have the hell of a match, and it was going to be the match of his life. Yeah. And as a wrestling fan, and as a friend, I've never witnessed such emotion between between two wrestlers in a ring, between a father and a son, and just between the connection of the fans and the audience and how they understood the story that Ryder and Ziggler told that night. Yeah, it was uh, all that. Me, me and Dave said earlier in the show we were like jumping on each other because we, we were in so much excitement. But also too, like that night was just a crazy night for WWE in general because not only that happened, then all of a sudden you have Daniel Bryan cashing money in the bank, and you were sitting there front row watching all this unfold. Well, let me let me talk about that for a second. Okay. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that everybody knows that I've only recently gotten into professional wrestling, and. It's kind of cool, and it's also slightly frustrating at the same time that I've only been a wrestling fan slash wrestling observer Mm -hmm. for the last few years. I always watched wrestling as a kid growing up, but it it was never in my top five of favorite sports or entertainment to watch. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie, but as I've started wrestling myself, I've really grown to have a huge appreciation for the sport Mm -hmm. and I've noticed that when I was at TLC I just saw the fans stand up like let me just say when you go to a pay-per-view experience it's nothing like a Monday Night Raw and it's nothing like a house show you see these fans that spend their hard-earned money that spend hours of making signs buying merchandise waiting in I don't know broski foam fists or hats or Broski sunglasses or CM Punk gloves yeah. like it, it, you just get like this chilling feeling that that these wrestlers they go out there and they give it their all every night but at the same time like they're in their inspirations and their heroes to yeah. all their fans absolutely and like I'm saying 
when I was in TLC, like I lost myself in the moment. And I know that's what that's what wrestling's all about. Mm-hmm. I I forget that, ooh, I'm big O, I'm Zack Ryder's broski, or I'm big O, I'm a superstar at NYWC now. I'm a 25-year-old, 5-year-old fan in the front row jumping up and down when Big Show is throwing chairs in the ring at Mark Henry. Or when CM Punk magically unscrews the middle turnbuckle and is able to jump up a ladder and win the belt. And at the same time, I'm trying to, to watch and understand and study and learn and pick up on psychology of matches, Mm -hmm. but I can't help but mark out guys. Like (laughs) I never thought Big O would be saying this because four months ago when I was here, I was, uh, you know, I was drinking a protein shake flexing for you guys. And and now, now I'm talking about with a smile on my face, how I can't believe Daniel Bryan came running out from the back and cashed in his money in the bank. Electrifying moment. the only thing that could have amplified Ryder winning the belt that night was Daniel Bryan then coming out and winning the belt after him. And it was just it was it was a sight to be seen and it was maybe one of the the better pay-per-views that the WWE had this year this year. But getting on to yourself now, the Big O at NYWC, we have definitely so far in NYWC, definitely learning, definitely making some People getting yourself noticed in NYWC. You know, last week, power bombing Rick Catago through a table. What's next? You power bomb Rick Catago. What's the next thing on your mind? I mean, NYWC has been great for me. They have been great to me. I am so appreciative of my trainers and the staff and Iprak and all the senior veteran wrestlers that have really went out of their way to help me and, you know, kind of take me under their wing and. Try to mold me into a wrestler, not just some big O figure that comes in the ring and just try to know he can get a pop from the crowd. Yeah. And, you know, like, I, I've progressed since I've started in NYWC, and let me start off by saying, first of all, getting in the ring is, is, is a hell of an experience. Mm-hmm. You get crowd cheering for you, and I'm all fired up, and I'm intense, and I'm woo-wooing when I get out the gate, and I'm screaming, get out of my ozone these people's faces and they're terrified and they're excited at the same time and for that 30 second moment it's time freezes and it's just special Mm -hmm. and each show that I am fortunate enough to be booked on for NYWC it just grows a little bit more and my spots become a little bit longer and I start to tell a little bit more of the story that I'm trying to write right now mm-hmm. I come out and I set up my ozone and I try to invite fans into my world this is my life this isn't just a ring in an ozone this is who the big O is and this is what the big O stands for and you know, like a real club, you get people that want to come in and they're haters or they don't have a crew like you. So they like to come in and try to insult you or be a bully because they want to make fun of what they can't be accepted into. Hmm. And, you know, I never had a problem with, with, with Tony Nese. He's a great wrestler and he's my trainer. I mean, he came in the ring, you know, unprovoked. The first time I ever set up my Ozone at House of Madness for NYWC, I took it as a chance to challenge anybody to come out and wrestle me because... I want to get rocking and rolling. I want to prove to people that the Big O is a wrestler. I'm not just some internet kid that came and just going to steal a roster spot from someone. Mm-hmm. And Tony Nese is the one that and accept the challenge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's kind of just been building from there. And overall, each show that I participate in is just a step closer to my goal. Mm-hmm. And my goal is to become the NYWC heavyweight champion. 
And got going to get through anybody you can. Rick Catago, Tony Nice, even the Order of the Black. Do you think you could take out the Order of the Black? Let me tell you something. The Big O isn't in a crew. The Big O isn't in a faction. The Big O isn't in a tag team. The Big O is the big F and O for a reason. Because I stand by myself, okay? I have bros, you see, that'll have my back, and I'll have their back. But as far as I'm concerned right now, the Big O will not be stopped by anybody in NYWC. The Manny Martinez's, the Tony Nieces, the Order of the Black, guys like Mikey Whipwreck, Anybody in NYWC will not stop me because there's one thing known about the Big O yet since I've started wrestling. And I'm going to kind of let you in on a little secret right now. Sweet. As much muscles that the Big O has and the brains that the Big O has on the top of his head, people haven't seen it yet, but they will. The heart that beats inside the Big O's chest is bigger and better and blacker than anything the Order of the Black or any of those goons that run around and kiss makeup wear. Not only was TLC, not only was TLC on Sunday, you know, us here on Long Island got a little uh, pre-taste of everything going on TLC-wise because we had a raw house show at Nassau Coliseum on Saturday, which was, you always have to go to house shows. Always, always go to house shows because you know they're going to put on the best caliber wrestling, and you're going to get a lot of a lot of surprises in the show. You never know. You, you'll you'll most likely get pay per view matches right there, and you also get a lot of other awesome matches, yes. which I marked out for hard. I actually meant to go text message Dave, but I text message Rachel instead, and she's like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> Honestly, I was like, because. FCW star Dean Ambrose if you don't know Dean Ambrose John Moxley of CZW Dragon Gate Evolve fame wrestled Daniel Bryan that night the night before Daniel Bryan becomes the, United, the world heavyweight champion he wrestles Dean Ambrose and it's like, what, is, what does that say for Dean Ambrose yeah, that he, he coming up with a lot of expectations. He, well, he was great, and he was he was playing the crowd. He was really like when he walked out, he was like his hair was whipping all yeah, over the place. I've, I've said this before. He plays his uh, loose cannon, Brian Pillman. Yeah, game so well. I, I was I was I was looking at people on uh on like message boards and stuff mm-hmm. like that. They were like, he reminds me of Hal Snow. The thing I love is how I don't know if you guys noticed this, but in his matches, he keeps one of his hands like always in front of him, kind of like testing out the area a little bit. I, I, like, did, always, I didn't notice. I didn't notice that that he, night. Cause, he he always like has something with his hand where he's just like I don't know his hand has its own emotions I guess I don't yeah. know <laughs> but it, it's it's very interesting and I, I went to the show with my, my friend Mike and he doesn't watch wrestling really right now and he saw Dean Ambrose and he's like this guy reminds me of Brian Pillman and it's <laughs> crazy yeah, that Brian Pillman Al Snow is still all such a great gimmick that we haven't had in a very long time that that just psycho gimmick yeah and what was with that that aftermatch though what aftermath of that match I don't know with Ziggles running out yeah what well you know what, yeah, didn't he do like three run-ins yeah you know I guess to cement him and try to put him you know because everybody knew that night that he was facing Zack Ryder the next night yeah. at TLC so maybe Which, he, was tra- he was trying to cater some heat from the Long well, Island maybe, crowd maybe, and he did maybe they were trying to gauge the, how he would uh, fare uh, fan-wise if he just did r- run-ins to other wrestlers besides because he did he did that run-in on Daniel Bryan which led right into Daniel Bryan oh no which, which led that and it made did no he, like did he do it led everyone just like speechless I forget Wait, did he do a run-in at the end of the show yeah he ran in on on uh after 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 CM Punk and yeah, Del Rio so, yeah. see maybe they're trying to gauge him I mean 
Brian Dan uh, Daniel Bryan. I know, sorry. He's it's the champion. So maybe they gave it to you and how Zach um how Ziggles would uh, fare with uh, a feud with uh, Brian for the title. Yeah. With his uh, reaction. But I don't... And then even the gauging with his running at, at uh, towards CM Punk and Del Rio because those are the main eventers. Yeah. Well, that, so I think that, that, more so, that more so led to... Because Mick Foley was out there. He was yeah. the special guest ring enforcer. Yeah. As we saw in uh, ZTLIS. Yes, we did. So, or a special guest enforcer? Yeah, special guest enforcer. enforcer. What was that? It's like Big Show and Mark Henry. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so he was out there for that. So there was like the whole going back and forth between Rodri- Ro- Ricardo Rodriguez, that whole match. So I think the, the, the Dolph Ziggler run-in happened because – it was going to ultimately lead to Zack Ryder running in at the end to gotcha. save everybody. Yeah, so. there you go. They keep the they keep the storyline involved. It still, sounds it, like a great show though. It was it was it was a, it was a great show. Mass Kane came out, which was yes. great. Me and my buddy, me and my buddy Wom were sitting there marking out hard, jumping up and down. We're like, oh my god, it's Mass Kane. They, and also too, they were selling Cena suck shirts, like licensed WWE products that say Cena sucks. That is now, huge. Now who, who gets the money off of that, John? Cena. Yeah, yeah Cena definitely. He tweeted out. He goes, I've been telling. Them not to do these shirts for a long time. I just don't for care those anymore. That don't know what the shirts say. What do they say on it? It says, "Let's go, Cena?" Question mark. And it says, "Cena sucks." And on the back, it says, "We can't see you." That's such a huge monumental shirt to. That's a money maker. Is what sell. that is. And I, it's so funny too because all these anti-Cena fans are giving money to John Cena. Yeah. <laughs> like I think it's the coolest thing. I I thought it was great. I was gonna buy that, but I had to buy my Broski my Broski foam fist and my Broski sunglasses. Now is the foam fist for Brandon or Zach Ryder? I was not on. I was yeah. not sure. What the fist was for? No, that's for Zach Ryan. They're both orange, so yeah. <laughs> but it was it was a good it was a good house show. Um, Mick Foley even relinquished his title as Long Island's favorite wrestler to Zack Ryder which was yeah. which is big as well and I know Brandon was crying a little bit he's like I was I was like Mick don't go Mick no don't give up that no <laughs> but okay. it was it, it was it was a great raw house show I, you know I'm, I want to go to the house show at Madison Square Garden but yeah. unfortunately you know money like comes due to circumstances like, yeah it's like it even it even ended with with uh Zack Ryder, Mick Foley, and uh, CM Punk, they were both wearing... Broski headbands. Broski headbands. Fist yep. pumping. Fist CM pump. Punk fist pumped. That's funny. It was awesome. And Shia Petta fucks, fucking punches the Miz in the heart, too, which was awesome. There was a Chia Petta chant. There was a Patty Power chant. That's it's- great. <laughs> Chris I've- texted me right away. They're chanting Patty Power right now. It's just like... Uh, that's insane. It was awesome. Best bar in the world. All right, let's get on to Monday Night Raw. So you come off TLC with all these new champions, and you have CM Punk coming out, you know, being the whole announcer. Well, first you had that whole drum roll. And yeah. Kind of like you were on a game show, and then they were like, CM Punk on the mic, you have this, this. Who what it is? Me. And he comes out, cut the promo, how he's tired. He want, He kept his title, and he goes, oh, let's get into more. Then brings out the new United States champion the same way with Zack Ryder, you know, giving Zack Ryder all of his credit, and then also bringing out Daniel Bryan. And the best part I was- like how, I like how he did that, where it was like, drum roll. Was it, was it Mark Henry? No. Was it Big yeah. Show? Well, actually, yeah, it was, but more importantly, <laughs> Daniel Bryan, and he cashes that in, and just the, the promo, he's like, you know, two guys that used to have met, like, you know, 10 years ago in, like, you know, the indies, and all of a sudden, the best the best part that gave me chills was the ECW chant, because, yeah. and, and then the fact that, like, later that night, Michael Cole mentioned it, it's it just says that, you know, ECW is rich, 
in wrestling, as he said, pro wrestling history, not a sports of, entertainment of, even history. Even ECW still lumping somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Not, not at the arena, though. Yeah, apparently they're shutting down uh, the arena. Unfortunately. C- CZW is going to be the last event there. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But you know what? Philadelphia has always been a, a great wrestling crowd. Of course. And then you have all the heels come out. And try to attract the new champion. Also, too, like, they just had the one shot of CM Punk, Zack Ryder, and Daniel Bryan with their belts over their shoulders in the middle of the ring. I was just like, this is what I've wanted since for the longest time. (laughs) This is what I wanted. Like, this is amazing. This is great. And then you have all the the heels come out and the the faces. Then you have a little brawl. A little brawl. Pier 6 brawl. A little Pier 6 brawl. Slobber knocker, whatever you want to call it. And it sets up for the main event. uh, Six man tag match. Between Dolph Ziggler, The Miz, and Alberto Del Rio versus Punk, Zack Ryder, and Daniel Bryanson. Daniel, Daniel Bryanson. Daniel <laughs> Bryanson. There we go. We're just going to call him Daniel Bryanson from now on. So you have that to look forward to, and then you have a, another Randy Orton-Wade Barrett match. Which I actually thought was better than the match on the pay-per-view. Why? Because Wade Barrett Oh, Wade, yes. Wade Barrett didn't get the win because he got the thumb to the eye. Yeah, he got... Which well, is... You never see that uh, thumb to the eye causing a DQ. I've never, ever seen that cause an actual DQ. You hear, like, the referee... Warn them and everything, but you never actually see a DQ from that. I know, which was which was crazy. And then you see uh, Barrett put Orton through the table, which looked with like, the wasteland, which but was it good. So awful. Though. I know, but it looked better than a fucking RKO. But they should have done it off. I I remember. I don't know if it was on the pay per view or on Raw, but it, uh, Barrett was setting it up on the apron. Oh yeah, sh- yeah, time. Yeah, he should have done that through a table. Or I uh, Brandon mentioned from the turnbuckle. I mean, give us something that just makes us holy shit. Make yeah, that, I think the table the table broke in like yeah. a simple such a simple way that it didn't look yeah it looked more like a powerful seat or a bed. Yeah. <laughs> true and then true. we got uh, Alicia Fox uh, again winning be- uh, over Beth Phoenix and then she gets on the microphone again which is so hard it's and Foxy time have a Foxy holiday like, what, I was honestly like I like eggnog I was watching I was wa- what did you say David what nothing what did you just say he likes eggnog I like eggnog. Why? Oh, that? I thought you said something else. <laughs> um, what's it? I was Are, sitting is there. Is that what you really said? Yes. yes. But what's it? Uh, Beth Phoenix <laughs> being the champion should not be losing to Alicia Fox. I know. It's making her look weak, and she's supposed like, to be pinned up strong. I mean, she doesn't get the she gets the wins on the pay-per-views, but not on Raw. You cannot have Fox over Beth Phoenix. She's so bad. She's like, so bad. <laughs> she's bad. But, and also, too, she could, she shouldn't be on the microphone. In no. fact, they're, they're trying to find a new face of the Divas division. It's not her. And it's, it's not working. Let Caitlyn... Or let AJ be the new face of the Divas division. I, I, I think AJ is will be the new face. I mean, unless you make one of these heel female wrestlers. No, the they face. have to make that though. They have to do that. They can't. They can't give us. They honestly, honestly, honestly cannot give us Alicia Fox. We're not. We don't believe it. Hey, but it's don't not, get me wrong. I don't mind seeing Alicia Fox on my TV at all. Yeah, you don't mind seeing her, but mind. you mind seeing her. But you mind seeing good female wrestling. That's of course. Yeah. That's so that doesn't like, help with the it's cause. It's like after after Raw, Beth Phoenix tweeted out pictures of, yeah, of her cheeks. Whether or not that's real, we don't know. Could be. Makeup, I'm gonna go I'm ahead going, and assume that it's 100 percent because of Alicia Fox. Yeah, and it looked like a nasty lump on there. Yeah. It's just uh, when is karma coming back? It has to be soon. And oh like, wait, wait, wait! It has to be at least around WrestleMania time. Where is Brodus Clay? I have no. Oh, I'm right? sorry, I haven't seen a promo for this person. Whoever you're speaking of, I don't know what you're you guys, talking about. You guys didn't see Superstars? 
I'm yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a cool story, bro. Then, All right. So, we, okay. you know, then yeah, we have a some filler match. Seamus, uh, Mahal. Seamus, Jinder. I mean, they, they, honestly, they have to have Mahal go over Seamus or. They have to have it go I over mean, somebody. Exactly. Because he was on such a role when he was with the Great Khali and the Great Khali left. And now nah, being a jobber. Nah. But the one thing, you know, as we mentioned earlier on the show, too, you know, it looks like they're breathing some life back in the tag team division. We got to yeah. see Primo and Epico get a great, uh, a great win over the Usos. Always good to see them on Raw. Yeah, and it's great to see them on Raw too. You know, that's, uh, the, you know, with them pushing their younger talent and seeing how you know they're all having all these champions: Daniel Bryan, the World Heavyweight Champion; Cody Rhodes, the Intercontinental yeah. Champion; yep. Zack Ryder, United States Champion. They should be pushing these younger stars now. That's what. That's and I think, and I, 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 it seems like they're finally doing that. I, I like there was ha- a what's that? There was a picture that CM Punk tweeted out Uh-oh. of like all, all the right. champions. That was an awesome. That picture. was a great picture because it did, it, you didn't see any of the old guard. You didn't see any of your Randy Orton's, John Cena's. Don't get me wrong. You, you saw the new era of wrestling, and it's great. And it's it's great that they're focusing on this, and hopefully they start bringing up some guys from yeah. FCW I, I to fill the void of like these other guys yeah. in like the mid card the thing I couldn't help but during that Uso match I kept on seeing shades of the head shrinkers I cannot, yeah. I cannot help it but every time that they're in that ring I see the head shrinkers from their entrance to their in ring ability I see the head shrinkers well, what is that uncles so, great uncles yeah, something, great, some, great uncles, something in, the, in the family something yeah. like that and Epico and Primo looking great again. They had, we, you, you know, can't and, stress it enough. And they will is, be champions at some point. They they are going to be champions. I think they're going to be champions soon. Maybe Raw Rumble. Hey, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know because we're just three well, that's, guys. That's what, that's like that's what you think though because they're Brandon, heavily pushing them. So the catchphrase. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's being thrown. Yeah, because but, but why don't why don't you listening. think? Why don't we really know? Because we don't know, because we're just three guys that like to uh, report about wrestling and talk about wrestling. Well, not even report, just talk about it and give our opinions and views. Because that's just the first. That's the, we, that's the first amendment. Freedom of speech, right? Yes. And then we had Cody Rhodes over Santino with the Alabama Slammer. Yeah, they, I, Dave marked out about that. Because I did. You gotta love. I love the fact that he gives little homage to homage to uh, what's his face, uh, Hardcore Holly. Holly. Yeah, I like that part. And, you know, and also too, it, his bring, very first tag team partner. Yeah, and also too. On. Which at that point I didn't really think he was going to go anywhere. Yeah. I, I mean, Brandon called me out, and I did not see all that much with Cody Rhodes. Even so before I, that, we I, saw we, we we saw him at uh, Monday Night Raw, yeah. August thirteenth, maybe two thousand seven. Yeah. Wow, I'm, I'm ready. Got dates. See him. All right, see Ray, Cody man. Rhodes versus Charlie Haas in a singles match, and David's like, I'm not into this match at all. I was like, dude, first of all, it's Charlie Haas. Second of all, that's Cody Rhodes, and he's going to be fucking amazing one day. I'm eating my words. Yep, you are eating your words. Um, I'm eating alphabets. I'm just drinking water right now. Um, you, you don't get that. It's one of your. It's one of your. It's one of your cheeky, you know, every tongue-in-cheek you know, jokes. Every, every one of the fans listening is going to are going to get that joke, but us. I just got it right now. He's eating Ooh. alphabets because he's eating words. <laughs> There's a message in my alphabets. Yeah. It says, ooh. <laughs> Peter, those are Cheerios. <laughs> All right, so let's continue with Monday Night Raw. Uh, you have Mark Henry, John Cena coming out, cutting a little promo. Yes. Yeah, you know, on Kane and everybody that doesn't like him. You know, uh, the one thing that I got in, in that promo that Dave didn't get and yeah. Brandon didn't get was the fact that he made a very slight jab towards Dr. Isaac Gankum. You know, saying, what are you talking I, about? I, I missed it. I got it. I got no, it perfectly. No, you didn't. No, you, you said you, you were wrong. Chris, Chris, you were wrong. Chris, you were wrong. No, no. Chris, you were wrong. You were arguing with Chris. With yeah. No, are did. you fucking kidding me? Chris said, "Oh, did you hear him say Isaac Yankum?" And I said, "Well, he, he made, didn't well, say he it. made." It. He-
Get dentist. Yeah. Bam roasted. No, you did not no, roast Because no, no. there, there is no roasting going on. There is no roasting because you were wrong because you thought no, Dobbs Ziggler was going to win the United States. I said he made reference to a, a dentist. Yeah, 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 but you were wrong. You were wrong earlier in the show because you thought Dobbs Ziggler was going to win the United States. All right, States I'm calling title. interference. Um, All right, Dave's running in with the steel chair. Yeah, bum, bum, bum. Yes. So with the Johnson what are we, Cena, war of the yeah, world now. The fact, yeah. like you knew something was going to happen because he had a little uh, rip on the top of I his was, shirt. You know, there, there, there's more to this promo before is, Kane but, coming but out. Once I saw that rip, I was just like, "What's happening?" Mark What's Henry comes happen? out and talks about, you know, how he was injured and how he didn't get his, he didn't win back his world heavyweight title last night. Which then comes to Kane interfering boo-hoo, again, boo-hoo. which was great. Kane just totally demolishing John Cena. Coming out with that uh, cover mask again. Yeah, they, I, I love that cover mask. So do I. It's great. Like, weird, uh, sh- they should be selling those on WWEshop.com by now. Um, <laughs> and ripping off John Cena's Rise Above Hate shirt. Wait, what is that? What, is, what do you think that, that means? Ripping off John Cena's Rise Above the fact that he kids, cuts his shirts. Kids who are bullied better watch out for Kane. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, ooh, I guess he really hates John Cena. Back with that. It's like John Cena's telling people to be a star, but Kane's telling people to be a wrestling superstar. Uh, I want to backtrack a little bit with that mask. I love the fact that. Dave, why eyes. are we talking about the fucking because mask? I'm, I'm thinking about that mask, that wielder's mask. The eye, how the I eyes really, are like, I really over. want to wear it. I love that. <laughs> Dave's going yeah, Dave wants to wear it to Mardi Gras. I do. Him and his Zubas and that mask. I was, I was really confused with that ending, though. Well, I, you know what? I was kind of confused. He's like, rise above. He hate. smothered him. He, and Cena yeah, was but bleeding what was that? Too. Was yeah, that C- Cena had on a his glove? bloody lip. What's up? Was that the Von Eric claw? What was that? I don't know. Maybe yeah, he was just trying like to suffocate him. Looked like the claw at first, but then it looked like he was just like trying to suffocate him a little bit. Mm. But I mean, Cena. The only thing I didn't, didn't like Cena. I feel like got up too soon. He should have stayed down. Well, a no, bit like and then got I guess up, he was, like, slowly. No, he was. That, he was trying shit. to. He was trying to breathe, so he's like huffing and puffing. He's like, which was I. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I mean, but you know what? Because if you ever seen someone who's almost been passed out from being choked, yeah, you see that's how they get up. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe this is probably. I think this is going to lead to Royal Rumble. Maybe Kane eliminating John Cena from the Royal Rumble. Hey, we got that on the house show this coming week. That's yeah, true. we did. Madison Square Garden, Kane versus John Cena. There we go. And Brandon's going. Hopefully. Hopefully. But uh, Tyler Black yeah, might then, be wrestling. You never know. Then we, yeah. Then, yeah. There we go. Then you go into the main event. Made of it. Made of it. So you have all the heels in the ring, and then you have all the faces, all the champions coming out through the people. Which is awesome. Which, you know, is great, especially. What do you think? They're the, they're the people's champion? Well, these are the guys that, you know, the WWE fans believe in. Plus, it was the. I think it what was more even better was that it was the home of ECW. Yeah. Not the home home, but it was the Philadelphia. The yeah. Home. The, the, the town of brotherly love that hates Santa Claus. Yes. But um, I like that sign too. It says "Cena hates Santa," yeah. which was which is great too. And it was a a great wow. six man tag team match. I, I, so you had Del Rio tapping out at the end. But yeah, Del Rio tapped, but not even that. There's also this. There's also the high flying spot that they had in the middle of the, in yeah. the middle of the match, yeah. where Daniel Bryan goes out, then Zack Ryder goes out, then Punk goes out, and they get all in the ring. And they all start posing, and then you go to a commercial commercial break. Mm-hmm. You had CM Punk doing the, uh, the the fist pump while Zack Ryder did the Broski boot. And it, from the beginning of the match till the end, you kind of just realized that these guys were going to go over and these guys were going to win. And I feel like 2012 is going to be a new era in WWE. This, this was the it's turning like, even, page. Even Zack Ryder said it on our show, 2012, the year of Zack. Well, not even, you know, it's going to be the year of Zack, but I think it's going to be yeah, a obviously year. Yeah, it's going to be uh, The new change in WWE. Moreover, I think it's going to be the new year 
of pro wrestling fans. Yeah, because this is going to get you know this is going to get people back on on the bandwagon and everything exactly. like that. Exactly. I mean, it, some people may have fallen off after the, the Rock uh, stopped after the Survivor Series after his few appearances, but yeah, this is going to get Rock everybody fucking. right back on there. Yeah, and WrestleMania is definitely going to maybe be one of the highest buy rating uh, WrestleManias of all time. Fact. Yeah, but you know, as we said, we're going to be we're, we are loaded this week with uh, great things. You know, I guess holiday presents for our fans here at Mark Now. You know, earlier we had the Big O talking about his experience at TLC. Um, And now we're going to have independent wrestling star Pat Buck sit down with us for a couple minutes to talk about, you know, his career as a professional wrestler. He was, you know, he was in the, the WWE developmental system. He's a member of the Wrestling Retribution Project, which is great. And also he's a, he was a member of NYWC. So we're going to talk to Pat Buck, you know, give you guys a little holiday present, you know, a Christmas present or maybe eight Hanukkah presents wrapped up into one. And we'll come back and we're going to talk about Impact Wrestling. Dave and Brandon last week went to uh, an NYWC event. So we're going to talk about all that stuff and more here on Marking out. All right, we're back here on Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling fans, and we're sitting down today with Mr. Pat Buck. How are you today, sir? Hello, gentlemen. I'm doing great. How are you guys? Good, good. So, can we call you Platinum Pat Buck, or is there any sort of other handle that we can call you by? Jeez, no, you don't have to. You don't have to call me my moniker. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, you just just call me Pat. You know? My hair's red, you know? Okay. I had white hair for like two years, and I couldn't get away from it. <laughs> got stuck with that crappy name. Okay, but um, Jay Silva actually texted us earlier today and told, asked you... To, Jay Silva, exactly. <laughs> um, he told us to ask about Rue Star and said we should call you by that. Of course. I, Why not start off off the bat? Yeah. No, I mean, like I said, I'm a, I'm a ginger that happens to tan, and I'll probably die early from tanning, but... Uh, <laughs> No, I mean, I do have red hair when I was little. Everyone, my nickname was always Rooster. And then when I broke into this wonderful business of wrestling, I thought, hell, um, yeah, I'll use my real life nickname and try to, you know, name, you know, the star name, why not? And and I uh, realized how awful it was. So I asked people, you know, I think a handful of people still call me Rooster, probably like him, <laughs> probably like Ryder and Hawkins and Plasma. Like, like you know, Tramparetta, we still call Plat. We all stick to our original names. Yeah. So, yeah, it's something they just can't shake off. And I, I think it's funny looking back on it, but man, what an awful name. <laughs> I think Kevin Kelly once said, what's with this name? And I go, oh, well, here. And he's like, you ever think about changing it? I'm like, yeah. And then it finally changed to my real name. So. All right. So yeah. you mentioned Plasma. You mentioned Kurt Hawkins, Zack Ryder. You started off wrestling at Critical Mass Pro Wrestling, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. The good old uh, garage in Hicksville. Good old garage in Hicksville. Were you there when they like changed to NYWC or was it pursued other ventures? Yeah, I don't. It was mass confusion. I think when I came there and I came there relatively early on like, you know, Hawkins, Ryder, uh, Mondo, I was pretty ancient and uh silva was there already i mean for the three practices that he uh but when they were it was always critical mass but they ran as nywc i was kind of confused because but when i joined up we were running the shows out of the garage Mm -hmm. you know and trying to squeeze people in against the wall and then we started getting like the deer park community center which was like wrestlemania to us and you know starting to do those things so i was around for for a good time but i was moving around so much and trying to get the most out of wrestling early that i missed a lot of it and then i've always been back and forth with them mm-hmm. okay how old were you when he started i was 16 okay. um i was senior in high school uh just getting out early and i kind of graduated early because i'm fairly intelligent not really um so 
right after that, I immediately went there. Actually, it started. I went to an independent show um, that was run by Jack Sabbath. I think at the time it was UCW, I believe. Can't remember. And uh, I saw the commercial on it on Raw, and I was like, for a local show. And this was after ECW folded, I believe. I don't know if they were around then. I have no idea. It was like mm-hmm. 2001. And uh, I wrote to them. I was like, hey, guys, uh, you know, you guys are locally. Do you have a school? Can I go to the shows? Because I wanted to get trained since I was like 14. Mm-hmm. And everybody there wasn't i didn't know where to go like i didn't know about the doghouse i didn't know about you know certain places and um the only thing i knew about was like the house of hardcore and i would call them every week trying to train and nobody returned finally answered i don't know if it was taz or or someone mm-hmm. pretty much laughing like you know you're 14 you can't you can't do anything <laughs> um started to show up for ecw uh shows early and uh doing ring crew um okay. but i wasn't i wasn't ring crew like first i'd be like hey guys you, you guys need help and they'd say no and uh then i realized if i just didn't say anything and kind of like snuck in and started fixing chairs and like moving stuff they would assume that i was someone's kid and uh so that's how it kind of got like pointed in direction and eventually led to a. Uh, after they fold or whatever, I just lodged with UCW. Uh, I think it was run by Sabbath. And uh, I met Kevin Matthews, uh, who's you know lifelong friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And Kevin was like, why don't you go to fucking Critical Mass? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, there's a school in Hicksville. I'm like, no way. And the next day I was there, literally signed up. Um, so that's how I got pointed to go there and stay there for a little bit. And that's how it all started. And that's how it all yeah. started. Unfortunately, <laughs> could have been a doctor. Yeah, right. <laughs> Up, you, I, I assume that you were uh, a big wrestling fan. Was there anybody that you drew to as like younger, any like wrestlers that you saw on TV or anything like that, or even you know going to the independent shows? Yeah, I mean, I started... I was a fan. My, my dad was a big fan. My uncle was a huge fan. And I had a different experience. I mean, I was not so much a WWF guy or WWE, whatever. I was, I was a big fan of everything. Mm. Um, we would travel like every other week or so to, to see shows. I mean, we lived in Long Island. I'm from Queens. And uh, we would go anywhere from, you know, Nassau Coliseum, the Garden. We would go to Philly. We would go to Baltimore. We would go anywhere and everywhere. Like, my, my dad was a big fan. My uncle were, like, into the fan, would watch, would write down all the matches on a napkin and keep them. And, like, you know, he was into it. If there was a show somewhere, we went to it. And I remember, and that was, like, a way of life. Like, every two weeks every you know sometimes every week sometimes every three whatever we would go to all these shows so it was like embedded in me early on like going to all these live events and being at all these stupid you know pay-per-views if it was on the east coast and within six hours i went to it oh wow so yeah and uh but as far as like rest i mean growing up i was always a flair fan i was always a rowdy piper fan um those are the two that stand out i i was a big sting fan i was a big wcw nwa fan i mean mm-hmm. that was it for me i mean I, I i envisioned my career you know being some crappy guy on nitro and being you know having that nice run and i would have been happy with that that would have been great but you know now it's only one game in town yeah there is yeah. there is only one game in town you were actually a part of their developmental system do you want to tell us a little bit about ovw because i know you had yeah. a run down there yeah yeah <laughs> It was, a light jog, maybe. It, it was on there, you know, I learned early on that I'm like, okay, my goal in life, and even to this day, is to have a good, support myself very well. And at that time, you know, it was around 2003. I've already 
did a lot of independence in New York, New Jersey, New England, um, stuff in Florida and Georgia. Uh, I was like, where do I got to go to make this career? What do I have to do? And I knew about OVW and I knew about the whole, you know, developmental system. I would always check their website and the opportunity camp. Now, I didn't think I'd get into this thing. I think I was 18 at the time. And um, I applied to it, and oddly enough, I got in. So I went down there, and uh, me and Mondo actually I got in there. And it was really an awesome experience. Neither one of us were ready for it. And they kept about 8 to 10 guys from this camp of like 55 people um you know some of them you know pretty notable even today like it was like elijah burke and chad gaspard and uh tank tolan jillian uh they, they took a bunch of guys they didn't take me they they took mondo who's way more jacked up uh-huh. um they said you know we we really like you come back in six months send something in and i did and i didn't really hear back for like another year year and a half um then i got the invite hey go down here go down and train you have to pay mm-hmm. um which made sense to me because it's like hey you know this is the harvard of pro wrestling i'm wasting money at school why not just fucking go here and do something i love so i moved down there trained down there uh worked my butt off you know and my it was consumed by what i wanted to be consumed by with this with wrestling it, it was it's the biggest learning experience I ever had. I was there for a fucking long time. Yeah. Um, you know, most guys go down there and the rule of thumb, what people aimed to do, what, if you were in shape and you tried really hard and you were actually fucking good was, you know, you started off in Rip Rogers class, you made your way to the contract class and then you got hired. It got the way for me. You know, I was doing Rip's class. Um, you know, my life can, mm-hmm. you know, train with the developmental class, uh, class at night. And this was an ongoing period. And you know, I did this for, you know, I was down there for four, four and a half years and, you know, doing all their TVs, pretty much doing the exactly the same thing as a contract guy, being the respect of a contract. Well, not even being respect as one of the guys or one of the, you know, the guys down there like, oh, he's been here. He knows what the fuck he's doing, but one not getting vets. paid for. Yeah. Yeah. And it fucking sucked. You know, it, 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 it got to a point where it almost well probably made me lose my mind and i was down there for so long and i kept hearing you know you're next you're going to be hired you're going to be hired uh you're definitely the one and it never panned out in that direction Mm -hmm. god i wish i knew why yeah so (laughs) what was the last draw a lot of things you know it it was ovw was a great place and it it started changing and i think it started changing for the worst and i don't think it was anyone's in uh anyone's fault in particular you know they had Heyman. Heyman was doing tv um and al was doing the training and i loved al as a trainer a lot of guys will say bad things about al i thought he was a fucking great trainer most of the shit that i learned or know is from al snow Mm -hmm. now Heyman left so they replaced him with greg ganya greg ganya was a great great guy fucking we loved but he wasn't good for tv he didn't really know what was going on um stressed out wasn't really up with the times so al snow and danny davis would help him with the tv um but greg was you know not in his element now greg went away they, they fired greg um for whatever reasons mm-hmm. and now you're left with a gap you had a no one writes tv so al and danny took on that responsibility so now you have al he's the head of the freaking training system and writing full-time tv and going to all these live events 
I think it was way too much work to put on. And then I thought the crop of guys towards the end were fucking lazy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and not, not all of them, but overall atmosphere in the locker room, people were not happy. And it was showing. It was showing in like the products. The storylines weren't good. People, a lot of the guys just didn't like being there. It was miserable. And, and it, wasn't a, it wasn't the OVW that I remembered for the prior three years. And that last, you know, that last step a little bit of a downer and what happened was um after and even even in in the office what i think hurt ovw was there was always a liaison there was always like you know you had john laurinitis and then you had an intermediary between that and developmental Mm -hmm. uh and you know at one point it was dr tom then at one point it was tommy dreamer at one point it was nova that went away they never replaced his his role with anyone else and they had a couple two other guys already in the office kind of splitting duties and I think that hurt a lot of things mm-hmm. once the deal was pulled um, OVW you know pretty much lost their entire contract roster and I thought it was a cool opportunity because I'm like you know what I'm going to stay here it's my chance now because if you were there at OVW and you were a non-contracted guy you were not allowed to beat any developmental t- any under contracted talent so my win loss record, my God, is fucking. You know, you you couldn't you couldn't really do anything with non contract people, with the exception of a few um, that got the okay. Like mm-hmm. Santino got the okay when he was a uh, shoot fighter. Seth Skyfire got the okay. I got fans, but on TV, I could never really beat anybody. It was, it was very very weird. Mm-hmm. But once that got pulled away, the OVW started picking up steam again because we had talent that worked hard that was pretty good and the booking was handled by roadkill and uh joey mercury and uh dinsmore who all had a good head on their shoulders i thought made a good product and started picking up again Mm -hmm. and then uh, people started going away joey had stuff to do uh roadkill went away conway had stuff to do and i think it ovw started trusting weird people Mm -hmm. and it just turned to shit and the locker room was misguided i thought um and it was no shot on danny or anything it's just i think that uh, over time it started to get you know it got got weird i'm like Mm -hmm. here i am i've been here the longest and i feel like an outsider in my own locker room i said fuck it at the time too all my friends are in tampa and they're going hey come down here the fuck you doing up there come down to fcw see what happens i'm like well they don't really have an open door policy kind of like like outside people could work at ovw fcw was more like hey we got 70 guys we don't need any outsiders to do anything but they're like come down anyway so i went up and fucking carnied my way down to, to tampa right. down to tampa where you tried to make a name for yourself in fcw so down in fcw you weren't a contracted wrestler either you've never been i've had the most odd bizarre i'm sure there's been a couple of people that have done this but i've had an odd bizarre relationship with wwe where it's always been like they like me but they don't like me enough Mm. or you know i've done a i've been an extra close to 50 times um there was times where i was on not really on the road but yeah on the road where for like a month straight i was doing every raw and smackdown Mm -hmm. and people just assumed like oh you're one of the newer guys from developmental you know i'm like no i'm a fucking extra but they book me and they trust me so i'm here and uh, it, it was a weird thing, but uh, no, when I went down there, I wasn't under contract. I, I just had all, you know, 
my, all the friends, I knew everybody down there. Everybody was like, oh, fuck, Buck's here. Like, you hired? I'm like, no, I'm not. But, you know, Hawkins was saying go down there. Uh, Skip Sheffields, Chris Cage, everyone was like, go down here. Let's see what happens. We're all vouching for you. And I went down there. And, you know, I'd never met Norman or, or Kern. Doc knew me from since I've been, you know, since I broke in. But, you know, they took to me. And they were like, they knew um, they knew what I had to offer, and they tried really, really hard to get me hired on multiple occasions. But John Laurinaitis would not fucking budge, and I can why. There was there was a time where I sat in the office and I sat with him, and I sat with Ty, and you've done everything you can to get a job with this company. But, well, does that mean I'm going to get hired, or was that does that mean fuck off? And they're like, you know, like, well, how many times have we passed? Like, a million. What do you want me to say? And then the idea came up for me to be a referee. And I rolled with that for a long time. I said, wow, this could be a fucking really good gig. Mm-hmm. And a lot of stuff went into that. Um, I was down there and, and they only had one referee. All the other referees were on the road. So they're like, I asked Tom, Dr. Tom, like, you need another ref? I'll do it. He's like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, why not? It's, it's fun. I'll have a good time. I don't care. And plus, the referees do a lot of the ring crew. Mm-hmm. Like, they need to know I was I was watching all these guys in FCW who have no fucking idea like you know how to put a ring together and the, one of the poor referees down there was just struggling I'm like you know let me help you out whatever mm-hmm. and you know I could help assemble a ring I mean it's fucking been doing it for so long so uh, and everyone liked me everyone respected me everyone was cool to me they knew I knew what I was fucking doing and I became I'm like what? they're like we're gonna push you to try to get hired as a referee and uh, I was told, you know, and I accepted that. I dropped a lot of weight. I trimmed down like 180 pounds. Mm-hmm. I had a bunch of tryouts. I did the TVs. I did the fucking live events as a referee. Um, they sat me down. They said, we're, we're really considering you. Like, just keep trying to lose weight, more weight, more weight, which doesn't make sense because they have fucking Chad Patton and uh, God, the other ref. I can't think of his name right now. And they're, they're bigger guys. It's not like they're jacked, but it's yeah. like you can tell they're not small dudes. And I'm not very, you know, big myself, you know, you know, 5'10". And at the time, I was like 205, 210. I trimmed down to like 180. Okay. So they had me doing tryouts. Um, and they told me, look, we love you. We want you. The idea was I was going to be the Divas referee, where I could work with the Divas down there. And since I'm big away from any of their guys, not that I would anyway, yeah. but like... I could help the girls when they got lost and it wouldn't look like, you know, hey, why does that referee kind of in shape? So it'd be like, you know, I'm like, all right, it's great. You know, fuck, I'll do it. And then they told me, uh, you know, we don't have a spot for referee. We have 12 designated spots. Everything's full. But once the spot opens, it's yours. Two weeks later, the new referee showed up and I went, what the fuck? But then I'm like, ah, maybe, you know, he was hired before me. Mm-hmm. And then four weeks after that, they hired another referee at TV. And, you know, I, I said, fuck it. And that's when I went back up to New York. Nah. You know, I told, I told them all, I said, hey, I got this offer to be a trainer here. Um, you know, I asked Kern, I'm like, what should I do? He's like, you know, we're pushing for you, but you can see like it's always a game like that it's always it's unfortunate but people weren't straight up with me they told me hey this referee spot sitting there opened up well it opened up and i still didn't get it so i left yeah so we pack all of our bags and move uh back up to new york get, <laughs> yeah. get to connect uh uh the new york new york wrestling connection there trainer go. there yep. all yeah i know i can speak today i swear <laughs> uh, all over the place and also to uh land yourself in with jeff katz with the wrestling retribution well is it called the revolution project when we spoke to him yeah. but now the wrestling retribution under a new name under a new character can you delve a little bit into your character because we've seen you know we 
headshots of everybody that's been through there. Well, it looks everybody, sick. it looks great. Everybody looks repackaged. It looks cool. Can you get a little bit into your character? Yeah, I think a little bit. I mean, you assigned um, whatever the confidentiality mm-hmm. won't reveal a lot, but I mean, I, I can speak about it, like. You know, in terms of because he put out there, you know, yeah. he Jeff is freaking awesome. Um, and if I take off or have any upward effects with wrestling, it'll probably be due to him. Uh, he he took a chance on me. I mean, like I heard about it through the grapevine. I heard about this project. Um, I thought it was really cool and insightful. Uh, Jeff hit me up and said, "Hey, I have this idea for you know a certain character." Uh, do you think you could pull this off? He's like, I know you're a New York guy. This isn't really something for a guy with, you know, a New York accent. And I pretty much, I auditioned for it. You know, I sent in, I said, let me try it out. And he said, you got it. And I thought that was, you know, great. Um, I didn't know what to expect from it. I'm like, this sounds fucking cool. Um, yeah, they're, re- it, they're referring to you as the liberal redneck. The liberal redneck, yeah, Muncie McGee. Yes. And uh, I wish I can get more. I mean, that itself is a contradiction. I am very liberal. Um, I'm very into politics. I don't think that had anything to do with it, though, but just, you know, every redneck, most rednecks are conservative. Contradiction part right there. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 just a play on, on different things and uh, really interesting. It, it's a lot of – it was a lot of fun, especially how things pan out. Um, in the season f- uh, for my character, I loved it. Mm-hmm. The, this freaking thing. We're all, even the guys, you know, for those of you who want to shit on it, like, you really eat a bullet because none of us know, even the workers, uh, we'd, we, except for Jeff himself, who's, who's in the editing room right now, mm-hmm. none of us know how it's going to pan out. And we're very, very excited to see it. And normally, when I'm a part of a project or a show or anywhere, even in OVW, even, I can tell right away, like, all right, this thing's going to be good or this thing's going to suck. And mm-hmm. I have a strong feeling this thing's going to be good. Um, everything's been very professional. I had a locker room. It's the best locker room I've ever been in. And it's ironic that everybody actually liked each other mm-hmm. and everyone was talented. I'm like, holy fuck. Like, nobody is, you know, untalented. Everyone could go. Everyone wanted to work hard. We filmed, like, you know, 60-something matches in, like, three days. And it, it was just a great awesome experience and i hope it picks up and i hope more things come of it i have a strong feeling it will i really do but you know we'll see i mean but you, jeff katz is the man you got to do it with like your one of your good friends kevin matthews that, that yeah, had to be a great experience for you yeah, right? <laughs> well it's great going with kevin because right off the bat like people they just go how this guy he's the most outspoken individual and people think he's like a bully or people think he's you know opinionated or such a douchebag asshole and that's why I love Kevin I've known Kevin since I'm 16 like first day in we we were always been good friends that's why I like him because he's, he's just out there and kind of but uh I think people warmed up to him I think warm, there was nobody on the cast we were like you know normally there's like three or four guys like ah fuck I don't want to see this person in any locker room and uh Maybe again, not everyone, everyone, everyone took to Kevin eventually. It's just you gotta, you gotta fight through the layers. <laughs> well, uh, we'll definitely have to try to get him on the Marking Out podcast to see what he has to say about everything. Oh yeah, he's always full of full of uh, full of opinions. Any uh, good any sort of like funny stories that you can tell us about that went on with the Restoration Project, like backstage or anything like that? Oh jeez, I, I don't know. Um, 
No, uh, gee, shoot. Right even, even overall. Yeah. Any good ribs? Nothing with. Uh, no, you know we were only there for for a brief amount of time. I'm sure if we had more time, we would have been at each other's throats and probably you know <laughs> caused a lot of a lot of drama. But I think we were so incredibly tired. I mean, we were putting in ma- uh, day to day. I mean. We'd have about four sometimes. I know there were some days I had five matches a day. Damn. And we were just, yeah, we were walking. There By the end of it, I couldn't walk to the freaking, you know, cab. I was I was like, wow, I've never felt this beat up before. So there was no, there was really no time for uh, for stuff like that. I'm sure, like, funny stuff happened. I wish I could say something. Uh, Kevin almost had a breakdown because, you know, last day we had a sandwiches got for us for catering and um the writing on the marker wasn't exactly very very clear and and there's a kid on the cast his name's emil and uh he ordered his sandwich kevin ordered his kevin was around the sandwiches came back and you couldn't make it out what uh what the writing was on it so long story short this kid emil uh emil whatever ate kevin's sandwich because he thought that was what it said on it, which was completely different from what he ordered, but he ate it anyway. And just to see the tears in Kevin's eyes and the hatred <laughs> that someone dared ate his sandwich. And to this day, anything they Twitter back and forth is about, you know, a subway hero that, you know, cost about five bucks, but it hurt Kevin's feelings a great deal. Oh. I enjoyed laughing at it, but there wasn't anything really great. I wish there was. No, yeah. Note to yourself, never steal a Kevin Matthews subway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's the one thing that we took out of this entire interview is not steal Kevin Matthews subway. No, I'm kidding. We we actually got a lot out of it. Forward everybody by telling that lame story. And that was a great time. I hope it happens more because you have a cast of characters like that between fucking Kevin and Festus and Doan and, and, you know, I like being a spectator. I'll stir the pot when I can, but it's just fucking great time. Like, I was was like, God damn, I wish this could be a year long. I think the cast is so talented could compete with any roster anywhere. I mean, no. find a fucking week. But, you know, we'll see what happens with that. I, I have high hopes for it. We, we do over here as well. Uh, one last thing before we get out of here, you know, each week on the show we do our mark out moment of the week where we, you know, get, get s- silly and excited about something. Has there been anything in your professional wrestling career that made you, like, mark out and just be like, holy shit, I'm about to do this, or holy shit, I'm in a locker room with this guy, or something like that? Oh, uh, over the span. I mean, I've been wrestling for about, I don't know. I hate when guys say that. Yeah, I've been working 10 years. I think, uh, God, let me think about the time. It was really cool being at Mania. Um, I was just booked as an extra. And uh, actually, we'll we'll tell a depressing story. So uh, get booked for Mania, like last minute. Um, get called up and uh, they're like hey we need we need you f- to be paparazzi for Molina I'm like okay cool like you know a guy you talks uh, Nova hooked it up who's one of who's practically my mentor or whatever Simon Dean he's like hey and we weren't really that close at the time he was in the office he's like I need someone I can trust go up here be fucking paparazzi get a payday have fun and uh, he's like you're also booked for Raw and Smackdown after that too um, so I go up to Mania uh, paparazzi for Molina that was cool um, and then Watch them go. Then later on in the day, you had to be, you know, we got dressed and we were druids for Undertaker. Uh, that was like fun being up there, just being like, well, like, fuck, I'm at Mania. Like, I remember like at one point I'm sitting there in the hallway and I turn and I see HBK getting ready to do his fucking main event. He's doing the upside down push ups, you know, like you see in the commercial. Yeah. I'm like, God damn, I'm seeing that. This is pretty fucking cool. But I think even last, the next night was one of my first uh, dark matches against uh, like Viscera. And there's always like these nerves and stuff, but it goes away out there. And, and you know, I'm, 
I can't really say a definitive moment where I'm like, holy shit, I really don't get that way. I, not, not for wrestling, at least. I'm really confident in my work. I'm confident in whatever I got to do. The only thing that I thought that was really kind of cool, the only people that have ever made me ever, because I don't give a fuck about who I meet. Like, who cares? Like, mm-hmm. none of those guys, whatever. Um, one for me. And uh, I remember just kind of hanging around. And whenever your book says booked as an extra for WWE, you feel so worthless because you're there. Nobody wants to fucking talk to you, but you, you're you're presenting yourself in a professional way. You're staying out of people's way, but then you got to look like you're invested too. And you, you work your butt off in the ring, and then you got to get out when they tell you to get out and get in when you get in. Then you're just pretty much like floating around the rest of the day, and you don't want to stay in one spot because you want to piss people off. But then again, you don't want to fucking, you know, you're not going in the locker room. You're not doing anything like that. I remember Piper kind of approached me and was just had like a conversation. We shot the shit for like 30 minutes and I'm like, fuck, that just happened. And that was kind of for me. Um, But even just working with certain people, when you realize I'm more of a fan of the disappointment. I mean, a lot of the guys have talked about it, how like you'll look up to a certain somebody your whole life and then you actually talk to them and you're like, holy fuck, you're so disappointed. And it just, just rips your heart out. Like, man, you are not more of those. This is really cool moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's happened with a lot of people. It's just like, whew, you know, you realize how awful certain things are. Nah. Oh, man. Yeah, well, that's... I think I just... I think I just I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go cry you guys now. are so chipper and all happy. And I was too. And believe me, like, there's... The, I do love wrestling, but there's so much, you know... There's so much shenanigans and, so and much, bullshit out there. Yeah, it, shit backstage. You know, uh... Yeah. Well, we're we're, I, we're glad that we got you on to you know tell everybody about the side of professional wrestling and I guess you can say saying what needs to be said. Uh, Pat, yep. thank you very much for being on the show, and uh, we definitely look forward to seeing the ret- uh, wrestling retribution project you got going on. Thanks, thanks for having me, guys. Right. And, uh, yeah, um, keep listening to the show. I don't, I've listened to you guys a few times, and uh, good luck to you. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. And we're back on Marking Out, Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Thanks to Pat Buck for uh, being on the show this week and uh, talking to us about his life in the world of professional wrestling. And he was a member of uh, the NYWC. And last week, Dave and Brandon got to go to a nice little NYWC event there over at the old Sportatorium. And I'm kind of still kicking myself in the ass because I didn't go. Yes, you should be. Yeah, if my leg can reach around to my ass. But I heard it was it. I saw and I heard from your reactions that it was such a it was a hot card. Hell yeah, they started off right away. They started with- off with no matches announced. Yeah, yeah, well, that's the big thing too. Nothing was announced. You had just no clue only was all you all you had was Alex Reynolds challenging Tony Nese. Yeah, which Ooh. we saw we saw on YouTube, which was uh, you want to challenge him to a two out of three falls match. I didn't expect that match to be on the card. I mean, to be on that card, I thought maybe it'd be like a little bit yeah, later. The future. Yeah, I, I wasn't even sure. But yeah, they started off right away with uh, number one contender uh, match with Silver versus Papa Don versus A.R. Fox from uh, Dragon Gate and uh, uh, Evolve Wrestling. Okay, all right, cool. So that was a high fly. Uh, you had your high fly with A.R. Fox in there just doing all these kinds of flips. Papa Don with the, just being a powerhouse. And then Silver, well, just being Silver. <laughs> it's like John, John Silver is one of the best indie wrestlers on the scene a little, today. A little fucking ball of fire. A little ball of kinetic energy seriously nice uh, 
but that was a great opener. Got everybody all pumped up for the uh, rest of the event. Silver ended up winning that. Nice. So then he went on to face Apollyon. Yes. Two, two matches in one night. Wow, that's yeah, crazy. Right at the end of the night. Um, then after that, we had our personal favorite. We had Tony Nese versus Alex Reynolds. And a two out of three falls match. Yep. And how was that? Amazing. Epic. I got to say. Yeah. It was probably like the entire crowd after was applaud, uh, giving the round of applause to both wrestlers. Even like I would honestly I, match of the year candidate. I, yeah. I, I know. I go. I got that text message I mean, last night. And these, as I said, also with TLC, you know, yeah. which we could change around the awards. But like it all started with Nice saying like how these, this crowd sucks. They're not into it. And, and by the way, not, he came. He came out wearing an Impact Wrestling shirt. Where yeah. I guarantee you, TNA made him pay for it. That, <laughs> that's TNA for you. Nice. But yeah, but they put on such a great match. They battled. They brawled in the audience. They. It was just. There's dude. He fucking flipped out onto a group of chairs. Yeah, and you Who? saw you know how Reynolds. How does that hurt? And you that saw has to hurt. He was bleeding yeah, his he back. He was bleeding on the nuts. back and everything. It was just an epic two out of three falls match. With. It was perfect. I know. With who won? I'm, Oh, Alex Reynolds. <laughs> I, I forgot okay. we got to that part. Alex Reynolds won. He gets a title match of whichever title he wants to choose. Yeah, so he could choose anything. Exactly. Probably going to be uh, Apollyon's title okay. if Apollyon still holds it. But still, I wish that that video was on uh, – that was that – was, that Out? match was caught on video. So yeah. that's where you can see it because it was that well. Um, then you had the and it's like that that segment that that went right into like we were sitting around the ring they were setting it up it looked like it was going to be the ozone but everything was pink yeah everything was pink and flowered and everything you're like what's going on and then Rick Cataldo came out and you're like oh okay that's yeah, why the boy diva himself Rick Cataldo who's if you've never seen him he is something else on the mic such yeah. foul language. Really? <laughs> foul so language. Dirty. It's like the shit that comes out of his mouth you can't believe. Like, it's dirty just like, mouth. Like, dirty this bird. This kid's there finding out, like, very, like... Yes, as he called it, the, the ho-zone. Oh. The good old ho-zone. So then, of course, he calls out the big O to, inter- to actually interview the big O. He wanted and, to get inside the big O. He wanted to that, know the big O. Oh, God. He, oh. He, was, he was laying out all these little innuendos about... It was just over and over. Well, it ended up even, big o. even slapped the big O. Yes, slapped the big O. Trying to are you serious, bro? I don't know if he was trying slap to, the big O. I don't know if he was attacking oh, you him or trying know. to turn him on, but he slapped him. <laughs> and for slapping him, he got power bombed from the top rope through a table. Wait, from the top rope through from a table. From the top rope. You had well, no, to, no, no. Rick Cataldo was on the on the. Yes, Cataldo went to the top rope to kind of post to the crowd. Big O comes up right behind him. Power bomb through Bam. the table. Power bomb through the table. What? That's crazy. Table went everywhere. Cataldo laid out. Big O. I Rick- almost got wood in my eye. Yes. Oh, oy and bae. it wasn't Rick Cataldo. So, oh, bam. Then you had Roasted. You had Ring Rope Rebellion playing, and that was that segment. But what a great segment that was. Then you went on to Apollyon versus Silver for the main event of the night. And you know what? They delivered. And, and Dave, was, I, Dave, I heard you got really big into, uh, uh, yeah, really big we'll, into this match. We'll get on to that one. Yeah, but uh, it's strange though, because you have Apollyon, who's this giant John Silver, who's this this tinier dude, and we've seen this match before. And it, mm-hmm. last time was, this time was fucking amazing. It's like NYWC. Yeah, uh, Apollyon probably has like five to seven inches on uh, Silver. 
But they, you, you wouldn't expect them to put on such a great match. Yeah. And they always deliver. Every single match that those two have, they deliver. Well, all those guys, especially in oh, MWC. I mean, I know there was, a, there was a solid card on there, too. There was a lot of other people wrestling. Yeah. But, you know, it's... Yeah, and, Real Bandito, on yeah, and on and on. Yeah, BJ Fat Pat was, yep. in, it, was in action. You know, yeah. it was a, just a, a solid card, and they always it put was. on great cards. I'm really excited about uh, Really excited about their iPay-Per-View coming up in February. Yeah, which Psycho they, Circus. Which they set up at the end of that, of the event, where... Uh, they just they um, Mikey Whitbrack pulled in Curse's uh, nephew John Curse who yeah, is John Curse one, no, of, the one owners. of the co-owners he yeah. used to own uh, Critical Mass Wrestling which turned into NYWC but they pull in his nephew and just beat the shit out of this kid Four, how old thir- 13, 12, 13, 14 maybe but he, they just beat the shit out of him tore up his shirt um, the owner of NYWC came out Curse came out they just got beat on too then the entire locker room Went out, but order. It was of like black. it got really heated there. It was like there was curses flying. Order of the Black was making their stand that this is their time. Well, They're going to keep on con- controlling this, but NYWC kind of taking a stand to them. Well, well, that's good. You know, that's good, and that also that's especially with independent wrestling. You know, you want to keep storylines to two shows a month. Oh yeah, it would be great to. You know, see this whole feud flourish a little bit more than see maybe the culmination of everything happen. And there are two stops stops before their iPay-per-view. Yeah, you may end up seeing Curse on the card at some point, who is a um, former member of Team Taz. Yeah. So it's definitely going to be eventful. If you're around Long Island, go check out NYWC Wrestling. uh, NYWCWrestling.com. New York Wrestling Connection. Yes, New New York York Wrestling Wrestling Connection. Connection. Jinx, you owe me beer. No, well, I don't really care. You you owe me money. You kind of like jumped into it. Like if anything, you owe him a beer. You owe me money. Um, (laughs) So speaking of, you know, we spoke about – and, uh, we spoke about Tony Nese and Alex Reynolds in that great two out of three falls match. Uh, Tony Nese was not just on uh, NYWC Wrestling. He was also on this week, uh, this week's edition of Impact Wrestling. That he was. In that two out of three uh, two out of three match. Zima Ion. Against Zima Ion. Now here's, okay, before we get into the match itself, which was awesome, Tony Nese gets the win. Yep. Um, Brandon actually sends out a tweet saying that he doesn't believe in the Zima Ion character. I just, I just want to, I just want you to go into this because I, I, I want to better understand why you don't believe in the character. I just don't believe in it. Like he, he plays this pretty boy gimmick where he's incredibly cocky and he makes himself look more powerful than he is, and it just doesn't. He, he, in my eyes, he doesn't look powerful. I don't know if he, just, I'm not buying it. I don't know if he portray, tries to portray himself as powerful, but he portrays more his ego as powerful. Yeah, I think, I rather believe. rather than his how, moves. I don't know. I think he I don't def- believe his ego. How he comes out it just, with I don't. The hairspray and everything. Talks Women do shit. that. He's pretty. I saw I saw the I saw one episode of Jersey Shore. They were all doing that. Yeah, because they were getting well, that. Does that make them good wrestlers? Does that make them great? Snooki, yeah. Not even because it's the gimmick itself. Yeah, the gimmick you know, he itself. Pl- I just, the, I, the I don't gimmick, know why. I can't buy it. I can't buy into it. The gimmick absolutely sells because he's cocky, he's arrogant, you know, he's good looking. And and you, and you that's and he, exactly and, what you get. And he backs up with flashy moves in the ring. Yep. Which I'm... And he has flashy ring attire and everything. Comes out with the jacket and stuff. He's... I don't know. Maybe I can't. Maybe I just can't buy it because I saw that the slammed thing. That that's possible. I can see where that could taint your uh, view of it. 
I can see that. It, for those that don't know, the documentary slammed where they uh, recorded independent wrestling. Yeah. And follow, they actually followed Zima Ion. So they showed the back the backstory of Zima Ion. Yeah. So I could see oh, where Shima that. Oh, Shima Zion. Yeah, Shima Zion. But I could see where that could taint your view of that. But I'm sold on his character. I am. And that, that match was all just amazing. You And Tony Nese always puts on a great match. You got to see the deadlift German suplex, which I was pumped about. It's like, and, and also even like going back to last week's match with them two and Mike Tanay, I'm, I'm still hung up on Mike Tanay saying what he said. And it's like, clearly for some reason, I just don't feel like they give a shit about their, their talent because. Well, they did. Well, they, they obviously do because they're giving them the airtime now. They're giving yeah, them the airtime. I'm saying Mike Tanay though, like he, do research. Tony Nice could fucking run laps around you fucking well I think anybody I could probably run laps around Tony ne- I mean uh, not Tony yeah. ne- uh, <laughs> okay. Mike today yeah no I'd be, I'd be winded <laughs> I, I could definitely run laps around Mike today I mean no offense to him he's you know he's a genius in the world of professional wrestling but you know if we're talking he ain't no athlete yeah figuratively speaking he ain't no athlete. Um, also, too, you had the you, you had the conclusion of the first round of the tag team tournament, which the I wild card tag yeah, team tournament, which I still think is such a great idea. The one, the one thing, how is how is it conveniently wild card when AJ yeah, Styles I, and Frank Kazarian are tag teaming up? Yeah, right. <laughs> a strange bedfellows match. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah, and then but you had in that match you had Daniels kind of uh, Daniels being, and RVD just being a complete heel towards RVD. Well, th- that too that kind of helps with their feud that they yeah, have going on. Definitely. I guess maybe they were just want to give AJ Styles and Kazarian some airtime and put them in a tag team. Yeah, which, I mean, who doesn't want to see Kazarian and I want to see Kazarian more because I feel like he's one of those underutilized talents. Yeah. I mean, who... Wait, was, who, this, was this the opening match? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was. This was the opening match of the show. Yeah, they... Op- they it, it, it literally, it shows that, like... There's at least some people in Impact Wrestling who deserve to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes. AJ being one of the first people there, of course. Absolutely. And Daniels and Kaz, they, all of them, yeah. besides RVD. Absolutely. RVD just got a shitload of money to go over there. Exactly. And going into that, you go into the Eric Young and ODB as a tag team. Which I thought I think it's awesome. I mean, I, had, they're finally kind of blowing that line between knockouts and um, male professional wrestlers, which we've seen in Chikara and yeah. Chikara being done very well. If only, with Sarah if only WWE 12 I mean, did that. I mean, you saw Sarita getting involved uh, with uh, and Rosa uh, what's her name uh, Rosita getting involved with uh, Eric Young from tie like kind of like false tie-ups and everything yeah. like that so they are breaking uh, the boundaries a little bit I, you know and I like that and as I was saying before I was rudely cut off you know you saw that you've seen that in independent wrestling before mm-hmm. you know you've seen that in Chikara with Sarah Del Rey she fights Claudio everybody Colk with uh, Claudio. Claudio and also too at High Noon with uh, Jacob Hammermeyer mm-hmm. you, you see those lines blurred Daisy see, Hayes yeah you, and you know we've seen that in Ring of Honor and I want these lines to be blurred and I want this team of Eric Young and ODB to go places I and just I, I can't I can't stand her still I can't I know but I, 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 I was even watching matches from uh, OVW with her the other day, and she was ODB there, too, and she's just like, it's not. She never changed her gimmick. She still has the same gimmick, but I don't know. I can't buy it all that much. I don't like seeing her all that much. I do not think that she's great in the ring, but the thing is, with her teamed with Eric Young, I like the... Yeah, you want to see that match because Eric Young. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Eric Young does make that. But still, I know, but they like their their chemistry actually works very well, and I think that's the one yeah. thing that then, I like. Then the you most. had the random tag team of Moore and uh, Anarchia, which they had their big 
tag team feuds. Yeah. Where obviously you saw a breakout in that match where Moore just completely left him. Yeah. And I think he's going more of the heel ways now, seeing as Jesse Neal's gone and I guess yeah. Toxine or whatever you want for, to call it. For all it. we know. Yeah. Because we, we, we don't know. We're just three guys that like to talk about wrestling. We're just three there guys. we go. And my, my catchphrase was not uh, cut off this time. There we go. And then the main event, you had Hardy and Sting teaming up. At first, you had no clue who Hart, uh, Jeff Hardy's tag team partner was going to be versus But, this, but, but this, this goes back to the beginning of yeah, the show. Yeah, this goes from the beginning. The, the promo of you know them powerbombing Jeff Hardy through the table. Mm. And then Jeff Hardy just comes out with face paint on this week, which I don't like at all. Because I think now that Hardy has to like rebuild himself, it's like a really big baby face. No. I don't think he should be wearing the face paint at all. But it worked because then Sting came out with his you know Joker-like face yeah. paint as well. I, I don't I don't think he should be hugging the fans. I mean, or Jeff Hardy. Yeah, he's gonna end up in jail for another reason now. Oh, oh for Uncle Pauly reasons. That's not <laughs> Uncle Pauly. Yeah, yeah. Anything I liked your Kurt Angle tweet last night. Yeah, Kurt fucking Brandon goes on Twitter and actually <laughs> no, not writes. That. And he Ryan literally writes, wasn't trending. There's no TNA wrestling. He about was that. trending because I actually clicked into it to read what everybody was writing about Kurt Angle. So bam, roasted bam. fucker. Roasted. Yeah. I, was more, I was more talking about the promo. Yeah, asshole. well, still, bad well, the, That the, promo. That promo's great because then you get to see funny Kurt Angle, was, which is something that we haven't seen in a very long time, maybe since his WWE days. I mean, that that segment was so so over-the-top funny that you just had to watch it. I know, because he has got, like, the, the bullet sling on him, and he's got, like, the old-school cowboy hat. It was hilarious. And then he just sit there beating up guys. Seriously, his publicist has to be like, hmm, maybe Kurt Angle doing a segment in a bar isn't that great of an idea. I hope he had a driver when he left that bar. That's that's uh, that's all I gotta say. Yeah, right. So then back to the main event, Sting and Hardy for the first time ever tag-teaming yep. against Rude and Bully Ray. And, and for all we know, Hardy was actually sober for during this match. Yeah. Sting, so. But you know what? It was it was good. I good, enjoyed it. back and forth match. I mean, it was a it was a street fight, too. So yeah. they brawled all over the place. I still love the fact that they had two uh, the split screen going on so you could watch yeah. Which always that's, that's one thing that the TNA does yeah, good. That, that always, always keeping on the action. Yeah, that always bothers me, how they, they would have uh, two... Uh, the brawl is just... Um, expand all over the arena and you can't see each person. You have to only watch that one where the camera is. But they allow you to watch bo- uh, both sides of wrestlers wrestling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. I, I enjoyed it. And, you know, you got Sting and uh, Jeff Hardy getting the win. Yep. So now we have to see where this Sting and, uh, I mean, this Jeff Hardy, Robert Roode feud goes from here. We have a couple weeks left until Genesis. Which I still can't understand how Hulk Hogan uh, thought that originally Bobby Roode isn't good for the title. Yeah, he's great. I know. He's so good. Like, he, he crafted his gimmick back to his old gimmick when he was with Tracy Brooks. Mm-hmm. And expanded it a little bit more yeah. you know the leader it's like the- it's like if it as it's as if he was an ROH wrestler like a huge top champion yeah. in ROH mm-hmm. I, I yeah I, I could see that I'm and I'm excited to see where it goes from here I don't Hell think yeah. he's gonna lose the title but me neither yeah no absolutely he, he has to carry the title throughout the year uh through the end of the year. I bring, don't th- bring, in the, bring in the new year with the title. Well, absolutely, because yeah. Genesis is January 5th, and I don't see Jeff Hardy winning the title at no. all. Actually, you know what? There's there's some of me that thinks that... It's TNA. Yeah, it's TNA, so you kind of have to expect it. But anyway, that's TNA, and let's get into Shameless Plugs. Shameless Plugs. All right, first we're going to start off with one of my personal favorite Facebook pages, Facebook, facebook.com slash push Zach Ryder. And you can follow the admins on Twitter that follow us. Great people at da, D-A, Crazy B, and at the Sturlow. Go follow them both. Then 
Numero deuce. You got the Raid Show Stealer himself at Raid Show Stealer. Go watch his uh, little YouTube pay, uh, YouTube videos, Monday Night Rage. You can follow. Uh, go watch them at youtube.com slash enter the show zone. And last but not least, you have Steve Carino, the king of old school. Uh, thumb in the bomb. What else can we say about thumb it? Thumb in the bomb. What Kevin Steen at a... At final battle, we'll talk all about it next week. We're going to cover that pretty much um, on Monday Night Raw throughout the entire Raw. He does live tweeting. That's hilarious. Go follow him at Steve Carino. You could go check him out at www.worldofcarino.com. He, he also, also has, has a podcast. Yes, he has, also has a little uh, iTunes podcast go, uh, called Extreme Odd Podcast. And you could go follow them at XO Producer. Go check all those people out. Go follow them. Go like them. Blah, blah, blah. Do it. Blah, blah, blah. Yakety schmackety. Do you remember that? Tasmania, the show? Yeah, no. Uh, okay. Brandon, <laughs> who, Brandon, who are we shouting out? Brandon's shout out's going to make you pregnant. Got to say, it's it's strange. Do I dare go back to back for a shout out? Do yes, it. Do. You've done it before. Have to give it to Tony Nese and Alex Reynolds. We said it before. They're two out of three falls match in NYWC. Was just absolutely amazing. Uh, next, I'm going to give it to the Long Island wrestling fans. Saturday night, Nassau Coliseum, WWE. There was a total of nine loud, loud. We want Ryder chants throughout the night, and when he came out, it was just crazy. I know Chris could Chris could back me up on that. Yep, we were sitting in our box seats, fist pumping. Did you hear me from the other side of the the, the arena screaming Colt Cabana during CM Punk's match? No, which is why there was no Paddy Power chant near me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the, I I heard it. I heard roasted. Yeah, <laughs> Brent, Brandon sat with the straight edge people. Yeah, right. No, literally there was nobody in my section. It was just me and a a few like two families, <laughs> and then some some dude, some other dude. Yeah. Okay. So continue. Number three, got the last one goes to Karma. The new DLC downloadable content was uh, released for WWE 12. And it's been nonstop karma for me. It's a damn shame you can't wrestle dudes with her because that would be insane. She's been crushing every single opponent. I found the best way to do is uh, What's that? if you do intergender Iron Man matches. Uh-huh. And you just set it 60 minutes, whatever you could play. You could beat the shit out of dudes as long as you don't mind getting DQ'd at the end. <laughs> really? After, after the five count. That's funny. You could just keep on Just make winning. sure you rack up enough for wins to actually win the match. Yeah, right? The Absolutely. Match. There, yep. we, there we go. Brandon Shadow. It's always always good, always fun. Always fun to hear those. Yeah, and now it's time to hear the, some fun stuff in this. Markout moment of the week. That's right. It's our Markout Moment of the Week. Damn Skippy. Damn Skippy. And our Markout Moment of the Week is, what do you think it is? Really? We we, we We kiss his ass sure. too much, you know? I don't know. We do brown all noses. That. You guys have such brown noses. Yeah, yeah we have such brown noses. Mary, our hometown. It could have been, been Dean Ambrose know. coming out, but could no, been. it's Zack Ryder winning the United States Championship this Sunday at TLC. What a moment. What Hell a mo- yeah. What a moment for Long Island. I felt a little rumbling when well, he once, when when he won the title. I was like, "Oh my god, once, are we once, actually having an earth, another earthquake?" Once we heard that theme song hit, me and Chris jumped to the jumped in the. I air. jumped on Dave. Yes, he did. He jumped right on me. We freaking embraced each other. We raised our fists in glory. We raised our glasses in glory as well. Yes, that we did. Good for good for Zach. We we cheers you here at Marking Out. 
And we hope you hold this title till WrestleMania so we can see you in red, white, and blue broski outfit yes. at, walking into Sun Life Stadium while me and Dave wear our Zubas. <laughs> yeah. And that's our show for this week. So thank you very much for listening. Remember, markingout.com for all of your pro wrestling talk needs. Also, facebook.com slash markingout. Twitter.com slash markingout as well. Continue the pro wrestling top uh, discussion on those two sites. Also, soundcloud.com slash markingout. Can't listen to it, and then we want to try to be accustomed to all of our fans. We want to expand. We want to expand. We want to make sure everybody listens to the goddamn show every Hell yeah. single week. <laughs> Next week, there are going to be two episodes of what? Marking Out. Wait, 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 hold on. What? Two. What? Two? Two episodes of Marking Out next week. A TWO. 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 Two episodes. That's right. We're going to have the Markies midweek next week. And then also a normal episode of Marking Out coming on Saturday. So now, seriously, we wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy Christmas, Merry Kwanzaa, and Happy Boxing Day. Don't drink and drive. Arroo!